T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Good day and welcome. We're glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show continues on, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying your day. Warm weather day today. Uh, our buddy Andy Herman from the Pack-A-Day podcast, PackerReport.com, now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Andy, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks, as always, for having me on. Always great talking Packers with you. Absolutely. Hey, I wanted to uh, touch base with you because uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, the Robert Tanyan thing. And Robert Tanyan, by the way, uh, is he now legit from when we had, we'll say, um, Jermichael Finley? Is he the first legit guy that uh, at the tight end position the Packers have had? Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't want to jump to too many conclusions too quick, but he had a really nice you know, start to the season so far and really capped off with a fantastic performance. And I think the thing that you love to see is, yes, he got the touchdowns. Yes, he's looked like a more dangerous receiving threat, but he's really helping out as a blocker and has improved in that area as well. He's not exactly Mercedes Lewis in that capacity, but he's really able to kind of hold his own. He also had, you know, I think even Aaron Rodgers kind of pointed to the fact of, you know, some of those plays were a little bit fluky. Of course, had the kind of somersault play, but there was a couple other routes in that game where he ran really crisp routes, and you just love to see that from a tight end in this offense that can add another dimension and a, another layer for defenses to have to worry about. So uh, I'm not necessarily ready to crown him a you know, every week receiving threat that teams are going to have to game plan for. But he's definitely an upgrade from anything that they've had. You're right, since Jermichael Finley. And definitely, again, adds another dimension to this offense. Uh, I wanted to ask you as well, when you talk about Aaron Rodgers playing at this particular level, he's been simply amazing. I mean, it's like watching a thing of beauty. You tell me what you see differently this year from Aaron Rodgers as opposed to others. Yeah, I think it starts with taking the easy throws, and I think that's what I've loved so much about this Matt LaFleur offense. He has baked in, you know, four to five to six easy throws every single game for Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, I always go back to games when you see the Packers have to try to fill in with a Matt Flynn or something, and every, you know, announcer and every coach will talk about, well, we just wanted to get him some easy throws and get him in a rhythm, and I don't care if you're Matt Flynn or you're Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers, it does not matter. I think every quarterback can use a handful of those a game just to get in a rhythm, get in a feel, and I think for Aaron Rodgers, they've used a variety of different sets and a variety of different schemes 
to be able to get players open. You know, in, in week one, they used a lot of those quick, you know, uh, jet sweep plays. In week two, they used a bunch of pick plays to get uh, wide receivers open. This week on fourth down, they used the exact version of that pick play, but they run a concept off of it where instead of Malik Taylor running a slant, he runs a little flat and then goes into the flat, uh, flat excuse me, and then uh, all of a sudden he's wide open. The corners are tripping over themselves. We've seen plays designed off of one another. The, the touchdown to Devontae Adams, where it looks like they're going to you know, crisscross uh, in the Seahawks game last year. And then he goes in the opposite direction. Again, you see corners tripping over themselves. And I think the ability to get Aaron Rodgers some of those easy throws, you know, just really helps develop him throughout the course of the game. And then when you need him to do the spectacular, when you need him to be the Aaron Rodgers of old, the great part is is he's been that in, in those situations when needed as well. So you see much less. Um, you know, plays where he's trying to scramble out of the pocket and make plays and be uh, a superhero in every single play. You get more plays where he is taking what's there within the, the realm of the offense and then making those plays as needed. And it's just been a perfect formula for success. And give a ton of credit to both Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur for that. Well, that was going to be my next question. Uh, it, it just seems like there's they're on the same page so much more than what we saw last year in that feeling out period. Now, here's the question: At the beginning of the season, I think we all said, you know, that, you know, twelve and four, eleven and five, thirteen and three, somewhere in there, somewhere more pessimistic, maybe ten and six. But at this point in time, getting the win at Minnesota, getting the win at New Orleans. Uh, a good Atlanta team that we thought was going to be better coming into Lambeau Field, eh, maybe it kind of skewed your opinion. Now, what do you think this record ends up? And, and Andy, when you look at the rest of the schedule, at Tampa Bay, at Houston, Minnesota, San Francisco, all that, where are the losses coming from? Yeah, I think that next stretch of four games will be maybe even more telling than the first four. I think when you have a couple of those road games at Tampa, at Houston with the coaching change, you still have a very talented team with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. And then at San Francisco with, again, Minnesota, a divisional game at home, a game you know they're going to want to get back from week one. So I think that next quarter of the season is going to be really telling of where Green Bay's at. And I think if you go three and one in that stretch, um, even two and two, I'm not sure that there's another, you know, more than uh, one loss the rest of the season after that based on the schedule. So, I mean, it, it, I hate to say this after four games and you never want to put too much expectations out there, but it almost seems like 13 and three is, is very reasonable. Like 12 and four would be a four, assuming the majority of the team stays healthy. And you, you think there's a real shot at a 14 and two or 15 and one season uh, if they play the, the way that they've you know played so far. So around the rest of the division, um, the next competition of the Green Bay Packers legitimately is who? And I'm sorry, you said division or conference? The the division. We'll start with the division first and work our way out. Yeah, you know, you're good. I don't think there's any competition in the division. I think think there's a chance that Green Bay could have – um, this is uh, hyperbole, but I guess you know around the same amount of wins as the rest of the division combined. I just don't have a ton of faith in Minnesota, Detroit, or or Chicago. I think all of those teams are I don't know maybe six and nine, you know seven and nine, six and ten sort of teams. Um, and uh, you know again, I think Green Bay can pick up you know thirteen, fourteen wins, hopefully a couple more in the playoffs. So I don't think there's any competition in the division for the Green Bay Packers. So in the conference, are we just looking at, say, because if I had to pick, I'd say one is going to be Seattle just because uh, I think they're a very tough and well-coached team with a great quarterback. Uh, Tampa Bay, certainly, I think you could look at. I don't, I, I don't believe a lick in what Chicago's doing. So yeah. who else in the division do you really kind of consider that, that next rung? 
Yeah, I definitely think the, the two that you named, Seattle and Tampa, are going to be at the top of the list. And until Green Bay is able to go in San Francisco and, and win there, I still think as they get a little bit healthier, George Kittle just came back, Jimmy Garoppolo will be at, back at some point. The loss of Nick Bosa is massive for them. So I still think it's going to take a, a good effort from San Francisco. But I still think that they're going to be in the conversation as well. And then, I, you know, I think certain teams like the Rams, if, if uh, you know, things would, you know, go in their favor, that you wouldn't you have Jalen Ramsey and then Aaron Donald, that defense, that Sean McVay offense is still looking really good this season with Cooper Cup back. So, uh, no, I think Green Bay would be favored in that matchup, but I still think they could give Green Bay a hard time. But uh, overall, I'm right there with you, Bill. I think this is Seattle and Tampa and Green Bay at the top, and I think everyone else is going to be fighting to try to push those three off the, the top tier. Defensively speaking, uh, we saw them lose Kenny Clark, and they survived. We've seen them lose Kirksey, and they survived. Is there – because uh, I, I, if I would have circled those two, I would have thought, eh, it would have been really hard. But you lose Zedarius, you 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 lose Jair Alexander. I think then you really have taken some some substantial blows to this defense. I think those two guys I circle as man, you really need them to remain healthy, right? Yeah, I think you know you look at the Aaron Rodgers, Zedarius Smith, Jair Alexander seem to be kind of the the linchpins of this team right now. Or if you have to lose those guys. I will say maybe Jair they could get a little bit more away with than the other two because, you know, Mike Patton's playing a ton of zone defense. It's not ideal, but you could probably lose him for a few games rather than the other two. So Darius is really the main point of pressure for that defense. And, uh, you know, Kenny Clark, like you said, seemingly would have maybe been one of those guys too, but they've survived just, just fine without him through the, the, those last few games. And the thing that I, I was hopeful for with Kenny Clark being out that we kind of saw over the second half of the Saints game and really the Falcons game, I was hoping that the defensive line was going to really have to learn to run defend without Kenny Clark in the lineup so that hopefully when Kenny Clark comes back, they're running on all cylinders and they can really stop the run maybe better than they had last year or even earlier in this season. And I think we saw signs of that. It, the, after that big run to Alvin Kamara in the first half, which really wasn't on the defensive line, that was more kind of on scheme. Uh, after that, uh, the defensive line really held Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray in check for the rest of that Saints game. And the Falcons didn't do anything running the football. And score dictated that a little bit, but it was still about 42 carries, if I remember correctly, and only about 3.3 yards per carry. So, they looked much better. Now you're getting back at Kenny Clark. Hopefully Rashawn Gary's back, who's a very good edge defender with setting the edge. So I'm hoping that that absence of guys like Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary is actually going to help them going forward when those guys do get back. What have you thought of Rashawn Gary thus far? I know it's a small sample size, but what have you thought of his growth? I've really been impressed. And I know that, uh, you know, it's not like he's piled up five or six sacks or anything. And I think, you know, going back to last year, there was those injury concerns and now he just missed a game with an injury. But uh, I think when you look at his, his body of work through those first few games, you saw him winning in a variety of different ways. Uh, he's getting pressure. He's able to play inside it more than he was a season ago. Last year, he was just looking at, you know, working off of his athletic ability. And this is a guy that really in college, you know, came in as a, a five-star All-American from high school, really kind of won off of his athleticism and, and to an extent his effort at Michigan, didn't really learn the, the, the keys and the techniques of the game. And then again, everything that we were hopeful for a season ago was having Mike Smith as an outside linebackers coach, Darius Smith and Preston to learn behind so that you have this raw ball of play that can develop. Yes, he didn't play a ton of season to go, but he took that season as kind of a redshirt season, learned a ton from that group, and now he's really stepped up his game, and I think he is going to make a major impact if he can stay healthy the rest of the season. Yeah, I, uh, I I look at his development as opposed to a guy like, say, Montrevious Adams. Montrevious Adams, I know he's been banged up, 
But there has not been a ton of impressiveness. There have been moments in which you see flashes. What do you see for the future as of right now of Montrevious Adams? I will say this. Over the course of the last couple of games, he's had a couple of flash plays on tape. And the big thing is you haven't seen the plays where he's you know just completely been washed out of a play. Now, he's playing pretty limited snaps. You know, you're talking about maybe 10 snaps a game. I think what this Green Bay team with Matt LaFleur has really done has gotten specific roles for people. Look at a player like Oren Burks, who maybe doesn't have a great role within this team overall, but he's played on special teams, and now they're kind of using him as a little bit of a spy linebacker, maybe using him instead of Preston Smith dropping into coverage, using Oren Burks in that role. There's a role that Oren Burks can fill there, and I think with Montrevious Adams and and, uh, a guy like Tyler Lancaster, if you can get Tyler Lancaster 10 to 15 snaps as a nose tackle, he can help you there. If you can get Montrevious Adams, I don't know, maybe 8 to 10 snaps as a situational either pass rusher or just somebody that can go in and be a big body, I think he can help you in that situation. Is he ever going to live up to his third-round billing and probably be a starting defensive lineman? Probably not, but I think they've done a really great job in trying to find some really unique niche roles for these type of players. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. Enjoy the bye week, and then uh, I guess we just hope that the Packers come back healthy and that none of this COVID uh, leaks into the Packers camp because we start start to see it now leak into two or three different teams, and hopefully it doesn't decimate the league. Good stuff, Andy. Appreciate it, pal. Hey, thanks as always, Bill. Have a great, uh, great rest of your day. Talk to you soon. There you go. Andy Herman, the Packaday Podcast, PackerReport.com. You can find him at Andy Herman NFL, at Andy Herman NFL, and uh, and you can find his stuff there. So, uh, good stuff. Uh, we appreciate him joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. They've been doing it for 30, or, or excuse me, 85-plus uh, years. 85-plus years. Give them a shout, 844-PRIDE. Go to schneiderjobs.com, and they've been doing it so long, and they've been doing it better than anybody else. If you're looking for a new team, looking for a job, or maybe to switch jobs, great place to go, and they do train. So, again, go to 844-PRIDE. Go to schneiderjobs.com. Reminder, coming up tomorrow, we have got to the Bill Michaels Huddle, which is going to be 6 to 8 tomorrow night, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. And we're going to have Scott Grodsky from CBS 58 joining us. Earl Arms, remember him. Earl's going to be joining us tomorrow night as well. Looking forward to talking to him. It's been a while since we've had a chance to chat. Going to cover some Packers football and the rest of the NFL. That's the Bill Michael Huddle tomorrow night, 6 to 8, right here on many of these same stations. When we come back, uh, we'll get into the latest coronavirus testing throughout the NFL. And we'll talk some more about this Green Bay Packers team. Also coming up, Bruce Gridkowski. Former NFL quarterback, pro football focus analyst as well with Sirius XM NFL Radio. Going to hear from him coming up here in just a little bit as well. But stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back. We are glad to have you. We know that there have been some positive COVID tests throughout the NFL. The Tennessee Titans, obviously. There is a report that the Titans uh, have been, uh, because their site was closed, because of the COVID tests, um, that uh, some of their players had decided to go work out together when they were told to stay home in quarantine just to make sure that there was nothing further 
And instead, some of these guys, or at least reportedly some of these guys, had indeed gone out and, um, and um, you know, I guess worked out together and hung together. And, and they're trying to make sure that nobody else has it. So the NFL is now investigating the Tennessee Titans. Meanwhile, you know that uh, Cam Newton had indeed been either pe- tested positive or been around somebody who tested positive, which is the reason he was quarantining. We never did find out all the details regarding uh, Cam Newton, I believe. Uh, at least that's the last I read. And then Stephon Gilmore of the uh, New England Patriots, he has tested positive. So the Patriots are shutting down and cleaning their environment. In the meantime, Patrick Mahomes in concern because him and Stephon Gilmore found each other after the game on Sunday or uh, on Monday and gave each other, you know, kind of the big hug. And so now there's some concern that, uh, you know, you've got uh, – will have a positive test for Patrick Mahomes and the guys inside that Kansas City locker room. So, I mean, on one hand, the good news is you're not seeing guys that are getting, you know, very, very sick. Uh, the bad news is is that it's something that spreads and spreads quickly. And so, unfortunately, the NFL dealing with that, that's where we're at right now. Uh, nothing has been uh, additionally postponed and or rescheduled, but we're kind of living day by day right now, moment by no moment. Uh, the updated uh, protocol from the NFL in uh, has been put out, and now they are requiring for mask compliance officers, uh, Tier 1 staff, and you hear Mike Clements talk about this every now and then, Tier 1 staff basically means that you are with the team. You're going to travel with the team. You're going to be around the team. You're going to be in the locker room. You're tier one. So now they've got uh, a mask compliance officer. Because really, you look at it this way. If you're in the tier one, you're probably thinking, okay, I'm tested every day. Um, I, I, uh, I, I'm going to be, uh, and I'm clean, so therefore I can be around everybody else that's clean. And no big deal, right? But that's not the way it is. Um I, uh, you know, I, I guess you look at it as these guys still need to take the precautions, still need to follow the compliance, because you're really trying to do everything you can to make sure that your team does not become infected. Your team, and if it does, you stop the spread in some way, shape, or form. But if you're inside the Tier 1, they're going to have compliance officers to make sure you're walking around the halls, you're walking around the locker room, you're in meetings, you're on the field, into practices, all that kind of stuff, um, that you're going to be um, – you know, in contact with the players, and therefore they want to make sure that you're doing everything right. So the NFL has put out compliance officers. So that's what they're now looking at on putting uh, compliance people with each team. Uh, Tier 1 members include players, coaches, athletic trainers, um, team physicians, strength and conditioning coaches, equipment managers, and all the other essential personnel who must have direct access with the players. Now, the updated protocols were sent out uh, yesterday. Included a requirement of clubs to maintain copies of video surveillance of their facilities and practice areas for 30 days in order to allow the NFL security to review the footage, if necessary, following an outbreak. So, in other words, if we have an issue, we're going to go back to the tape and see who's been in contact with who, if you've been social distancing, if you've been making sure that, uh, you know, you're wearing the mask and make sure that some people are or are not in harm's way, all that kind of stuff. So... Anyway, the NFL putting out the protocol. So there you have it. Uh, 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Hey, our friends over at New Mel Medical Center, um, I'm 
mentioned earlier today, going to go out and do some leaf raking and and uh, some things around the yard, trying to get some stuff kind of cleaned up around here before fall officially hits while the weather is still good. And it's energizing. It's good. It's You're feeling good. You're out. You're moving. Still, I'm still dropping the weight, still working out, still feeling great. And it's due in large part to our friends over at Newmel Medical. They can help you out as well. That's uh, Newmel Medical, 414-455-4451. And whether or not uh, you have the low T, the effects of low T when it's brain fog, or you can talk about low energy, whatever it happens to be, uh, you can give them a call. Or if during the quarantine things inside a particular room in the house, the bedroom, weren't good, maybe you need them for that as well. Call them, uh, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. And make sure you tell them we sent you. When we come back after the bottom of the hour here, uh, Bruce Grudkowski, remember him? Former NFL quarterback, pro football focus analyst, and also uh, with the Sirius XM NFL radio network. Uh, you can see him at uh, bgredkowski5 on Twitter. Uh, Bruce, we're going to talk with him about this Packers uh, team, about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, um, you know, saying, hey, look, uh, you know, the other day or yesterday on the Pat McAfee show, you know, some of my worst days have been some of career days for other quarterbacks. So, yeah, you know, maybe he set the bar so high, but we don't look at Aaron Rodgers in the same light as we look at other quarterbacks. We'll talk with Bruce Krakowski about that when we come back. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show up right after this. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back to the program, uh, the Bill Michaels Show on the air. Don't forget, tomorrow night coming up on the uh, the Bill Michaels Huddle, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, and strawberry flavors. Go to BudLight.com tomorrow night. Uh, Scott uh, Scott Grotsky, CBS 58, going to be joining us 6 to 8 tomorrow night. Earl Arms is going to be there as well. Looking forward to it, talking about the Packers' bye week. And uh, we'll talk about this uh, projected record. We'll talk about the NFC, the AFC, and we'll also uh, go through the rest of the games on the docket this uh, upcoming weekend. The Monday night game between New Orleans and uh, the L.A. Chargers would be relocated to Indianapolis if needed because of Hurricane Delta. Have you followed this? Here we go again. Here we go again. The Saints could also move their practice operations to Indy if needed, as they did for a week in 2008 when Hurricane Gustav hit Louisiana. If you remember, the Saints have long considered Indianapolis as a contingency option because of the ample hotel space and convenient location uh, to right there, their downtown stadium uh, situation. Delta bearing down on the state of Louisiana, expected to make landfall as a hurricane this coming Friday night. LSU has already moved their scheduled Saturday game against Missouri to Columbia, Missouri. As a result, uh, the Colts who play the Browns in Cleveland on Sunday have been informed by the league that the Monday night game could be played at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, and the Athletic, by the way, the first to report this, uh, the NFL generally has weather-related contingency plans in place for games, as it did for uh, the recent California wildfires, for example. And uh, the Saints are scheduled to hold their first practice of the week uh, tomorrow, 
since it's a Monday night game, they would likely leave town after that practice session if it's needed, though no such decision has been made yet. So some interesting stuff there regarding the games coming up. And, uh, yes, the NFL is looking into the Titans, who apparently, after their facility closed down, gathered at a local Nashville high school and started working out. And the league had said, no, you can't. That's a no-no because guys are testing positive. So now the league is is looking into the guys that took it upon themselves to start practicing and working out together. So it's just it's a mess right now. It's just a completely weird and different year that we live in. Uh, so uh, let's get uh, let's do this. Um, Bruce Gritkowski, former NFL quarterback, pro football focus analyst on Sirius XM uh, NFL Network, uh, joined us a little bit earlier today. And we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and his comments coming out of the Pat McAfee show in which, you know, he said, hey, one of my down years is career years for everybody else. And he kind of threw the gauntlet down. And I said, look, Aaron Rodgers is having one hell of a year. Oh, absolutely. The, the guy's a beast. I mean, just physically talented-wise, the way he could throw the football uh, you don't see anyone like him. I mean, I think the next guy like him is, is probably Patrick Mahomes, talking about the different deliveries they have, the way they can sling it, and, and really you have to gr- guard every blade of grass. I mean, I think uh, the next guy's Russell Wilson. You know, so the year uh, Rodgers is having right now, it's, it's unbelievable. For us at PFF, he's 95.5 passing grade, uh, 15 big-time throws. Him and Russell Wilson tied with, with 15 big-time throws. Uh, it's just impressive, man. I mean, you could go through all the numbers. Last week in week four, you know, when he's targeting running backs and tight ends, he's 20 of 20 for 241 yards and four touchdowns. So when I see a stat like that, though, I think of the coaches, right? I think Matt LaFleur, Nathaniel Hackett, those, those guys are doing a tremendous job. I mean, switching personnel, groupings, you know, getting four verticals with three running backs in the game. I mean, giving opportunities downfield for Rodgers to just execute and the guy's really playing at a high level. And the most important stat that I love is zero turnover-worthy plays right now. So he's protecting the football as he's just shredding defenses. So I look at uh, what Rodgers is doing, and we obviously – there. I don't think there's any team in the NFL right now that is approaching perfect. I think everybody has their flaws, specifically in the NFC. And we talk so much about who's going to be the representative because we're already looking over that fence with a quarter of the season gone. Um, we know that the defense on both the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers uh, are flawed. Uh, but when you look at those two teams, I, are those two teams the cream of the crop of the NFC right now, or are we now learning that Tom Brady is going to have something to say about it? Well, I definitely think you have to think Tom Brady's going to be in the mix, right? I mean, I just just with his mentality, what he's done is in his career, you know the team he's on is going to be competitive. So you can't count that them out. But I think the way the Seahawks and the Packers are playing right now, they're playing better than anyone. I think the Saints, you know, got a little more momentum last week, you know, offensively. But they're still not where, you know, the Seahawks and, and uh, Packers are. And then, you know, I mean, the the Niners have had a tough run at it. But I'll tell you what, one team that I do like and I've been liking is the Rams. I think Jared Goff and that offense, Sean McVay, uh, a lot of misdirection. I love the bootlegs, the play action. I really think Goff's playing at a high level this year, and they're kind of sliding under the radar. So I think they could be a team as well that is going to be around the top once playoff uh, contention comes around. 
I, I like what the Packers are doing. Talk about how much more dynamic. Two years now removed into the second season, I should say, a removed from the Mike McCarthy offense. Tell me how different, how dynamic this has become. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's, you know, Matt LaFleur, Nathaniel Hackett. You know, Nathaniel's dad, Paul Hackett, was my quarterback coach in Tampa and with the Raiders. So I just know the family. I know they love and care about football, but also they make it fun. And you could tell that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now. He's having fun, you know, while while they're just playing well. And a lot is said with playing with confidence and having fun while you do it. And then Matt LaFleur with, with his just schematics and the way he designs his offense and the mo- shifts motions and, and just how they flood one side of the field with three running backs and they're all running verticals. I mean, you know, that was just something that really stood out to me last week. And so I think they're just really all well, working well together. Um, and the culture they have is good. I think Rodgers is playing at a high level, but also, you know, like I said, they're having fun while they do it, you know, and hopefully – uh, this bye week doesn't, you know, have them get complacent and think the season's over because we're only through one quarter of the season. But I think Green Bay is off to an awesome start. You're right about being through a quarter of the season. Obviously, there's more COVID tests today that uh, turn up positive. We've got one in the uh, Patriots organization, Raiders, Titans. Um, I know that the NFL didn't expect to get through an entire season COVID-free. I, I understand right. that. Uh, is this now something where at first it was the Titans and now you've got more alarm bells going off that uh, there there's, you know, should this snowball unfortunately start rolling downhill, that that's, uh, that's a real concern as far as being able to not only complete the season, but the health and safety of everybody else? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that's, that's something to be concerned about. You know, we, we see what's going on with the Titans, and it's just hard because there's so many guys in that facility not even the players, but coaches, the training staff, uh, you know, the, the, the personnel department. There's so many people in and out of that facility every day that it's really hard. And once it gets in the facility, man, it's just – I think the NFL has done a tremendous job of trying to track it and really put these protocols in place. But I'll tell you what, just, you know, playing the game, when you're in that locker room and you're on the field, you forget about it, right? You just – you're just playing because, honestly – during a game on Sunday, Sunday night, Monday, whenever you play, you can't be thinking about COVID when you're on the field. You have to be thinking about everything you could possibly do to win the football game. So that's also started to translate after the game. You know, when you're used to going up to buddies you see or congratulating them or or saying good game or going up to a coach you know. So now the interactions after ball games is scary. I've I've been saying it for weeks. I don't see the point of it, right? I mean, why – I know you're playing against each other, and a lot of guys are, you know, right up against each other throughout the whole game. So you figure, oh, it'll pass that way. Well, look, why have an assistant coach, you know, go up to another assistant coach on the other sideline after the game to say hi? Why have a player go up to another player that, I mean, you saw the picture of Patrick Mahomes and Gilmore. I mean, they're not that close during the game unless unless Gilmore's on a you know a corner blitz or something or ha- happen mm-hmm. happens to be around Mahomes. So I just think that they really have to see what's going on now. And really, if you're a coach, you got to instruct your team. Look, man, we have to do the best that we can to try to minimize this because it is going to surface itself. I mean, you're seeing it now. It is going to come to light. But the team with the best leaders and protocols are going to get through it and stay the most healthy as they can. Uh, there's Kansas City in the uh, AFC. 
Who else? Is Buffalo for real? Do we finally look at the Buffalo Bills and go, okay, this is legit? I, I think you have to. I mean, the way Josh Allen is playing right now has, has been super impressive. You know, through four weeks of the season, uh, he, he's our fourth-graded quarterback with a passing grade of 89.9, 11 big-time throws. I think he's crushing it in the intermediate passing. You know, this past week, 95.8 grade for us. He was, you know, 6-6, six six, 87 yards, two big-time throws, and a touchdown. So I just think that offense – uh, they're doing a really good job of, of doing what's comfortable for Josh Allen. I think he's a big physical guy. He could get out of sacks. So now with the play action pass, he has the opportunity to chuck the ball downfield but go through easy progressions. And what I'm seeing him do really well is get to that check down. And that's, if he continues to do that and understand he doesn't have to make the big play on every down, he's going to put his team in better situations throughout a football game. And I've noticed with his release a little bit, he looks very comfortable and smooth in the pocket. The ball is coming out of his hands a lot more comfortable this year. And sometimes guys mess with the angle of the release, you know, more over top, sideways, you know, a sideways like shortstop thrower or more three quarters. And I see it coming out three quarters right now. And I think that's working for him because he's throwing the ball pretty well. You're going to have some of the turnover worthy plays from him. You're going to have some missed passes. But I'll tell you what, he should really own the fact of playing how Big Ben did early on in his career and being able to extend plays and make those big plays, but also try to protect the football. And Sean McDermott's a really good head coach, so I do. I, I think the Bills are for real. There you go. I think the Bills are for real, too. It's 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 probably about a five, six horse race right now, barring injury in the NFL for a championship. So uh, that was Bruce Gritkowski, former NFL quarterback, pro football focus analyst and a serious XM NFL uh, radio joining us a little bit early today on the Schneider orange hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80 plus years. They've been doing it. Call them 844 pride to go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844 pride or go to schneiderjobs.com. Stick around. We're going to wrap things up. Coming up next to The Bill Michael Show. Everywhere in Wisconsin, The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers' bye week is underway. They were scheduled to meet with Damon Snacks Harrison today, but the former Lions defensive lineman signed last night with the Seahawks instead. Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari tells us Harrison would have been a great addition on defense. Oh, he, I mean, he, he's a good player. Uh, a run stopper. He's garnered the accolades. All, all that has been earned for him. Rough news for Green Bay's offense. Promising rookie tight end Josiah DeGura suffered a season-ending knee injury, a torn ACL on a punt Monday night against the Falcons. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. You know, I hurt for Josiah. I, I love what he's all about, the mentality he brings, and he's certainly somebody that we were really excited about. And It's been a little bit of a roller coaster because in terms of, I thought he had a great game versus Minnesota in week one, and then he goes out with an ankle injury, and it's been tough, but we expect him to to bounce back from it, and we still think he's got a really bright future in this league. That's Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show.
program. We are glad to have you. Thanks for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. Hey, uh, a couple of things. I want to remind you that uh, don't forget, we're going to be at it tomorrow, and we've got the Bill Michael Suttle tomorrow night. Scott Grodsky from CBS 58. Earl Arms from PBS in Milwaukee going to be joining us. Earl Arms used to be with CBS 58, still doing some uh, sports stuff around the area. Talk with them about the Green Bay Packers and uh, the rest of the NFL. All brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, Bud Light Seltzer. 855-830-8648 if you want to chime in on anything uh, that's on your mind before we get out of here. Hey, uh, a couple of things, speaking of before we get out of here, uh, that I wanted to get to. First and foremost, uh, you had Jack Cohn getting surgery on that foot on a non-contact injury, unfortunately. So you lose that experience for the Badgers. They're trying to overcome that. Uh, in addition to that, uh, they've got uh, some question marks at the running back position after losing Jonathan Taylor to the NFL. You've got uh, fifth-year senior uh, Garrett Groshek, uh, redshirt sophomores Nakia Watson, and also I- Isaac uh, Garendo. Uh, so, look, uh, you got a, a running back's room right now. They're trying to figure it out. Uh, Groshek was kind of the third-down guy uh, through uh, you know Jonathan Taylor's career. And he's a big-time pass blocker as well. So now Graham Mertz, who's taking the quarterback snaps uh, with the number ones, and it appears it's going to be Graham Mertz's show, uh, is going to be relying upon an inexperienced running back core, and now you got to get it to the uh, to the wide receivers. So it's going to be interesting to see what this offense can do. I'm excited. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm excited to see what they can do. But, man, oh, man, uh, the Big Ten getting somewhat disrespected, but rightfully so when it comes to the rankings uh, that are coming out already. And I've never been a big fan of rankings until you get into your fourth, fifth, sixth game of the season, and then maybe after that uh, you can you know, kind of figure it out, really who belongs and who doesn't. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's like, come on. You know, I didn't expect the Big Ten for their uh, quick exodus, if you will, and then trying to put everything back into the horse, if you get my drift. I didn't expect them to have a ton of teams in the top 20. We all know they're going to end up there at some point. But I didn't expect them to be, you know, um, as lauded as many of you thought they would be when it came to the NCAA uh, college football standings or rankings, I should say, rankings. So, you know, Ohio State's always going to get some nod right there. But even that, Ohio State getting a couple of first-place votes, they're sitting at number six right now, and rightfully so. They haven't played a game. Clemson's 3-0, and Alabama's undefeated, Georgia, Florida, Notre Dame, all those SEC teams. You know, Notre Dame being an independent, but uh, but you get it. You know, Ohio State right now just trying to come into the season. you got Miami, North Carolina, uh, Penn State's up there. Penn State's considered to be a really solid team as well. But then you get to Wisconsin. Wisconsin's sitting at number 16 in the country without playing a snap. The funny thing is that Wisconsin actually went up last week in the rankings, and they haven't played a game. It's because some of these teams have uh, have not uh, have, have lost games, and the the Big Ten teams who are expected to be good anyway have not played a snap yet, so they just assume that's where they're going to end up. But it's really interesting to watch the college football rankings, and we're sitting here quote in week six, week week six, and the Big Ten has yet to play a snap. So I'm looking forward to some Big Ten football right around the corner as well. I'm sure you are also. Uh, many of you are. I'm looking forward to the collegiate side just as much as I am the NFL side. Hey, coming up tomorrow on the program, 
Uh, we've got a lot going on. We're going to talk more about this Brewers team. David Stearns, we'll talk about what he had to say and, and about this season. And is the future bright or bleak for the Brewers because of finances? I want to get into that tomorrow. We're also going to talk some Packers. Ben Fennel going to join us here tomorrow morning. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette is going to be here. Colton Bartholomew talking some Badgers. We'll talk some more Badgers. And then we got fantasy football tomorrow. Don't forget, Kate Majuk is going to be here. It's going to be a little interesting to find out uh, some of the fantasy football players' roles because the NFL has not made decisions yet on some of these games if they're going to be played in their home stadiums or if they're going to be moved or if they're going to be postponed and what they're going to do. So, uh, a lot to get into tomorrow in the fantasy world, so you're going to want to be listening to that and also start getting your fantasy football questions in and uh, we'll uh, with uh, the hashtag AskKate, and we'll try to get them uh, tomorrow as quickly as possible. We'll try to roll through them relatively quick tomorrow as well. Uh, got a couple emails here that I wanted to get to before we got out of here today. Uh, we have got uh, Daniel who says, and not to get political, but if uh, the president uh, has the same stance as the NFL – we wouldn't be in a dilemma. Hats off to the NFL policies. It's all about the money. You think uh, the businessmen would get it. Uh, Dano says, uh, I think the Packers are going to end up 13-3. Brad says, right now I think it's a realistic record to assume 14-2. and two. The offense seems to be unstoppable. The defense playing decent, especially when the opponents are forced to abandon their run game. Packers pin their ears back. It's been good. Uh, Kenneth says, Bill, as happy and as excited as I am for this team, meaning the Green Bay Packers, I think they can win every game on the schedule. But I also believe... They could lose to anyone at any time. Just a lot of parody. Thanks. Go Pack Go. There you have it. The Bucks, as uh, BetOnline.ag has come out with next year's winners for the uh, 2021 NBA championship. The Lakers, number one. Clippers, number two. Clippers, number two. Warriors, number three. Then the Bucks, Celtics, Nets, then Heat, and Raptors. That's the way it goes. Let's hope the Bucks uh, live up to that expectation and get there and represent the East next year. That's it. Time for us to go. I'm heading out to rake some leaves. Enjoy the rest of the beautiful day. We'll reconvene again tomorrow. Until then, have a going. See Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.